0: Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, church. Tell somebody you're sitting next to, I am super duper glad to see you today. Tell them that. I'm gonna say I want you. I want. I'm gonna say to a sweet girl that's sitting in our front row. This is Miss TK. She works in our daycare. We've been praying for her. She's had some medical challenges and uh, blessings. Great, great family. She works in our daycare. Tell TK you're praying for her. Say we're praying for you, TK. Just tell her that real loud. She's a great girl. You need to get to know her. Hey, I want to invite your attention to Nehemiah. We're going old school, Old Testament this morning, chapter 13 as we start a new series this morning called Protect This House. And the idea of this is not necessarily that we can, you know, convince you to buy Under Armour products, of which I do like to, I I do like Under Armour stuff. Um, My son-in-law, Evan, who's a track coach, uh, there's, you can be, I didn't know you could do this. He told me about this. Uh, If you go on to Nike or Under Armour, and I think Adidas does it too, you can actually Uh, sign up to be kind of a model for them, and they'll sponsor you, and they'll send you clothes all the time and shoes as long as you can kind of prove that you're a good athlete and all this stuff. Well, Evan, who's like the skinny, good-looking, young, blah, blah, blah guy, right, signs up, and Nike gives him stuff, free stuff all the time, sneakers and shirts. Well, I signed up for it too, and I got an email that said, Mr. Trinkle, you don't meet our qualifications for this, so I was a little discouraged by that. I was hoping Under Armour was going to pick me up, but it just didn't happen. But, um, you know, the idea that the video we just saw and the idea of the series we're doing called Protect This House is we're going to talk about the church this month. I'm going to be talking about some of the things I share with you and the vision. If you were able to be here for our volunteer ministry awards on New Year's Eve or not, that's okay. But, you know, but a lot, a lot of people were traveling. We're not, that's not a guilt fest to say that to you. But we're going to be talking about that all through the month, uh, preparing ourselves for 2020. And I like that video, um, the idea of, you know, just watching those boys, you know, do that song, they're getting hyped up for a home game, right? And, and, and the idea is that when you're in a, in a sporting event, the home team doesn't want the away team to come in and beat them on their, on their turf or, or in their gym or, or, or at their house, And that's the idea that we want to talk to you about today, is, you know, defending our home turf, defending our house, protecting this house. And I want to read a passage for you out of the book of Nehemiah, uh, chapter 13. I'm going to start reading in verse 7. I'm going to stop at verse 11. It says, I came back to Jerusalem. This is Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah built the wall around Jerusalem to protect the city. Great, great story. I'm not going to get get into the whole uh, story of it, but he was burdened. He was in... A foreign country taken away for captivity. He gained favor with the king. The king said, "Yes, you can go back. Fortify the walls of your city." Uh, he went back with supplies that the king gave him. Built the wall around the city in an unbelievable short amount of time. Reestablished their country. Left to go back to the country that where he was, you know, uh, had to go back and work for that king. And he says, "I came back to Jerusalem." And I learned about an evil thing that Eliashib had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. I was greatly displeased and threw all of Tobiah's household goods out of the room. Basically, this person set up residence inside the temple and Nehemiah was pretty ticked about it because it was against the laws of the Lord. then he said, I gave orders to purify the rooms and I put back uh, into them all the equipment that belonged to the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense Then I also learned that the portions assigned to the Levites, the caretakers of the temple, had not been given to them, and that all the Levites and and musicians responsible for their service had gone back to their own field. So I I rebuked the officials and asked them, why is the house of God neglected? And then I called them together to station their posts. Now we understand that the Old Testament is not where we learn about the local church, but there's a lot of blueprints for the local church, the temple of God, the place where God's presence was here on the earth uh, in the Old Testament historically. Then, of course, in the New Testament, we understand that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, gave himself for us, uh, we have the relation, and rose again from the dead, we have the opportunity to have a relationship with God. And when we do, because of Jesus Christ, the Bible says his Holy Spirit indwells us. And in 1 Corinthians, it teaches us that at that moment, we become the temple of God. And it's a great parallel study to do if you ever do that. In, when you read through the Old Testament, uh, in, in, in some of the kind of deeper, deeper books in Chronicles and in 1 Kings and in 1 Samuel, when you read about, specifically in 2 Chronicles, when, when David prayed, and, and in, or excuse me, Solomon prayed and invited God's presence to fill the temple. The Bible says that that when God came down and filled the temple, the the priests were in awe and they couldn't even say anything because they were were in such uh, in awe of the presence of God. The presence of God came here to the earth, filled the temple. That happens to you and to me at the moment that we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. God's Holy Spirit indwells us. We become his living testimony. His presence here on the earth, therefore, we're the temple of God. So and that's, that's a great study to do on the reason we're supposed to take care of these temples. You know, this is God's temple, God's dwelling place. And that is a call for spiritual health and emotional health and physical health. But as we, as we understand this this morning, that that the temple was desecrated, the people stopped supporting, they just kind of let it go, Nehemiah reprimanded the Jews because of that, even, the, even Malachi, when he wrote this idea about remember the tithe to keep it holy, uh, the, what he was telling the people was, you have a responsibility to take care of the temple of God. And you and I, the Bible teaches us in Matthew chapter 16 that Jesus said to Peter, that I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And the rock was Peter proclaiming that Jesus Christ is, is the son of the living God. He's God's son. He's, he's here in the flesh. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So I think it's a, it, it's a great study when you understand. And we're going to read in Acts chapter 2 and some other scriptures this morning to help us understand the significance of the local church this morning and our responsibility towards it. And, and, and perhaps even uh, some ways we can better serve this year and and, and be involved this year, and, and get behind the ministry this year of Warehouse Church. So how can you and I protect the house? Well, the first thing I wanna to submit to you is this. We need to protect the body, and that's the body of believers. This building is not a church. We are the church. This building is, is where our church meets and congregates. And, and, and because we're newer to this building, we've only been in this building for about 13 months, um, Those of you that have been with us for a while understand that, you know, you can move from an address to a new address, and it doesn't mean the church changes, it just means where we meet changes. Uh, In Acts chapter 2, it's a great, great passage of Scripture. Peter preached the day of Pentecost, the Bible said thousands of people were saved, they were baptized, they were added to the local church, and then the Bible says in verse number 42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer everybody was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles and this is a great verse here all the believers were together and they had everything in common they even sold property and possessions to give to people that had need every day they continued every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes they ate together with glad and sincere hearts they praised God And they enjoyed the favor of all people. And what was the result of that? We see this kind of mathematical equation here in in the words that were taking place. They were meeting together. They had fellowship. They were unified. They were one. They were meeting together every single day. And the result of that is in verse number 47, that the Lord added daily to their numbers such as should be saved So our mission, our mission at Warehouse Church, if you read through our purpose statement on our website, is leading people to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Here's what that means. Everything we do, we want to do through those lenses. Uh, Even as we talked about Ms. TK and and, and our daycare, why do we have a daycare ministry here? Well, it's not just so that uh, that we can employ some amazing ladies and caretake Uh, children for people's families. We want to reach families that are coming into this building. We want to grow the church by by being a blessing to this community. Uh, And we want to make sure that everything we do, uh, one of the reasons that Johnny wanted to, and, and our youth workers wanted to move our youth group meetings to Sunday nights is because it's kind of the least busy night of the week for teenagers to meet because of all the school obligations and extracurricular things. And we're kind of fighting against things that we don't need to be fighting against. So let's try to make it the most available to teenagers, why? Because we wanna lead them to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We meet on Sunday mornings because we wanna lead people to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We've helped church plant across our country. We help missionaries all over the world, why? Because we wanna lead people to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Everything we do goes back to that statement and it it helps us stay on mission and on target to what we're supposed to do. Now, I shared some things with the church about uh, on on Tuesday night this week about our vision for this year. And my big word for this year that we're going to be pumping, you're going to see signs for it everywhere. Uh, We have uh, an activity that that Kelsey announced this morning in announcements and we're also going to be uh, talking about it over the next few weeks Uh, is this the idea of community Um, we want to build a stronger community uh, within our church and then in the 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 outlying community in our area the first thing I shared when I was talking about our vision uh, for 2020 is a little bit more of a statement that I would make in a marriage retreat and I said this keep it hot with the one you got now all those that are married say amen Okay, and women that are mad at me for saying that, that's kind of egging on their husbands, I apologize to you for that. But it's not, it's not meant to be disrespectful. The idea is we want us all to fall in love with the church, if not again, or, or grow that love that you have for the church. And we do that by being intentional relationally. Listen, don't just come in here two minutes before church starts and leave the parking lot or leave the building before even people get their kids. Take some time and meet people and connect with people that are part of this body intentionally. And it's tough, you know, if you're not like a super duper outgoing person, and that's not your vibe to do that, it takes a little bit of an effort to do that. But it's pretty easy to say hi with somebody you have something in common with. You say, what do I have in common with them? You were at the same place they were at 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, right? And then you just kind of build from there. Uh, but be intentional. If you see somebody you don't know, say hi to them. If you see somebody that's new to the building, that's kind of walking around wondering what's supposed to do, don't wait for, for, for a paid professional to do that, right? We're a church of many volunteers. But we need all of us to get help people take their kids to kids ministry and find where our Spanish uh, early service meeting is and find where our Chinese service is and know where the auditorium is and and, and know where our bathrooms are. Know where our coffee is for the love of God and all that is holy. Right? I mean, we got to show these things to people, but we have to do that intentionally. We need to be hospitable. We need to be hospitable. We need to be available for people. You know what? We also we need to be available for to serve. To serve. We need everybody doing something uh, in this church if we're going to grow and reach this community for Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we keep it hot and we fall in love with the church again by, by, by allowing ourselves to be teachable when we're, when we're in the service on Sunday mornings and in our life group meetings. Something else we do to, to fall in love with the church all over again is to be forgiving to one another. You know, we kind of make each other mad at each other sometimes. How many of you have been mad at somebody in 2019? Raise your hand up in the air. Okay, I was mad at somebody in 2019. I think I've already been mad at somebody in 2020. Anybody else like that? Right, It's only taken me a week, but I've been ticked at somebody this week. Uh, It doesn't take much, but you know what we need to learn how to do? Be forgiving. Even as Christ Jesus forgave us, we ought to forgive one another, the Bible teaches us. And then we need to be vulnerable, vulnerable to those relationships. For the church, for people, so that we could see them grow, so that we could see more people become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Part of our community vision is to help us as a church to get bigger, By getting smaller, we want, this month we have two very, very significant things that if you've not done or if you want to be a part, we want everybody to do these two things if you've not been part of them, okay? First of all, the last Sunday of the month, we're doing a a, a special starting point class, and we're going to ask everybody that's not going through starting point to stay after church that Sunday for about an hour. We're going to tell you all about who we are, what, what we want to do and where we're going as a church. And you, if, you're not, if you've never gone to our starting point class, you say, well, I've been coming to the church for a while. that, It's a huge, huge deal for you to make yourself part of this church, not just an attender in a church. We want you to take ownership in the ministry here. So that's on January the 26th. On Janu- the weekend of January the 17th, Kelsey was telling you about in our announcements, we're having a life group event here at the church On Friday night. Let me tell you who that's for. That's for absolutely everybody that attends. Kelsey told us it's life group leaders, life group attenders, and people invest. Let let me just say it very, very simply for you. It's for everyone. We want to pack this place out Friday night, January 17th at seven o'clock. We'll have some fun desserts, but we are going to go through together life group training for leaders, for attenders, and then on Sunday, The 19th, we are going to have kind of a life group fair to get you connected to different life groups that meet all over this community during the week. Uh, We want everybody in our church to be connected. We want you, and this is something we're praying about for all of us, that we make Sundays and our life groups a priority in our lives, that you are connected to a community of people besides Sunday morning, and that you are also make Sunday morning a priority, Boy, church trends, you hear about church trends. I read an article, great article. Well, I think it was either in People Magazine or Claire. It was one of the big chick magazines. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, not big chick, but big magazines, excuse me, that's a ladies' magazine. Let me clean that up, hashtag me too, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It's, my head's going faster than my mouth is right now. I apologize. So this, my, my wife showed, it was an article about, I think it was Judah Smith. Right? Isn't Judah? He's a pastor that's in like Seattle, or whatever. It's a humongous church, and talked about his influence in that area and how he's influenced a lot of people to come to his church through social media, through Instagram, and all this. It was a really good article about the influence that the church uh, that the church is having in the community. I found it interesting as I was reading it to understand that in the same article, it talked about how his church is growing, how his influence is growing, and so on and so forth. It said, in the declining culture of church attendance in the United States of America today, there are, there, and it said there are churches that are growing. And the fact of the matter is, from a country perspective, our church is declining in church attendance every single year. There are churches that grow, but you know there are not hundreds but thousands of churches that close their doors every single year thousands and we get discouraged right because we see big churches and we see these churches and we see that church and all and we do all this comparison stuff because we're human beings do you know outside of this area if you consider the whole United States of America do you know the average size of an evangelical church in the United States of America is 40 Is 40 people. Now we look at ourselves, well, that church is huge over there. We are in a a very much above average large church. And honestly, I'm from Philadelphia. I don't know if you know that or not. But in Philadelphia, a church of our size right now today is considered a large church. And that's something because of that culture. But here's the truth, church. Whether or not we're as big as that one or as small as that one, we got to be the church that God's called us to be, number one. And we've got to be faithful with the message of telling people about Jesus Christ. And we have to be intentional to do it. Because if we're not careful, listen, if we're not protecting the house, we could become one of those statistics of a close, uh, of a close church. We're not just fighting for you know, this place where we meet. We're, flight, we're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places the word of God teaches us. And we're fighting to share the gospel, and we work, why are we doing all that we do? What's the point of all that? I have a good friend of mine who's been a little bit discouraged in the ministry, and his wife said to him recently, I would be just as happy if you went out and find a job, even if you were making less money than working, and this is what she said to him, at that stinking church, because it's so aggravating to be a part of that church. That's reality in our country today that 's the reality of of churches and pastors and even church people that are becoming disgruntled or disenfranchised or what 's the point? The point is we want to see people saved and all these other things that we 're able to do they 're really great benefits community driven and, and having groups together where we can grow and spiritually grow together and, and enjoying some of the things that we do, enjoying what we had on on, on Tuesday night with our ministry, where all these things that we get to do, they're great stuff, but we got to make sure we're staying on point and on task that we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and people are getting saved. We get bigger by getting smaller. We want everyone to be to, to go through our starting point class. If you've not been later this month, everybody's going to be part of our life group weekend. Please plan on attending January 17th. Make Sundays and our groups a priority in your life. Schedule around it. Listen, don't make church number five or six on your, on your list of priorities. It's easy to do. In that same article, it said, the, listen to this. The average person that claims to be part of an evangelical church attends church on an average of two times a month. We've gotta make it weekly. Parents, I wanna encourage you. Listen, when our our kids were growing up, people that are my age and older, our kids were in church, and listen, I'm not saying it was a better generation spiritually, but there is a decline in the connectivity of church to children and teenagers today. We were in church all the time, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, like seven days a week where it was almost too much sometimes. But now I compare that to today with everything else our kids are able to do. And listen, all the stuff that we do, I don't sit around my day, like when we had our break this week and had a little bit of time off, I didn't wake up in the morning and say, man, I just wish I could find something to do. Like life is busy and it's crazy. But you know who's in control of my schedule? You know who's in control of my schedule for church attendance, group life attendance, group connecting, men's group that I'm with on Saturday mornings once a month, my men's mentoring group that I do once a month? and the different groups that I'm I'm a part of and my wife are a part of, you know who makes the decision for us to be a part of that? We do. We do. I control my calendar. Now listen, sickness happens, life happens. Please take a vacation. But man, when you're in town, make sure that church is a priority in your life. Moms and dads, if it's not a priority in your lives, it's not gonna be a priority in your kids' lives. It's just not. Somebody say amen for me. Come on with that fat hairy action. Here we go. So help us get bigger by getting smaller. Listen, and here's the last part of our vision that we shared on Wednesday night. We want to see Warehouse Church be significant in Plano and in North Texas. And how do we do that? Well, in order to build this community, we have to be visible in our community. We've got to do more than just attend church. Uh, I'm I'm proud of Johnny and some of our workers, and I know Kevin has helped him out with too, my friend Kevin up here in in the front. Uh, They're involved. What's the school that you go to every Thursday? Richard, Richardson West Middle School, right? I, sound like, I sounded like uh, Bugs Bunny or Elmer Fudd when I said that. Richardson West, ha, <laughs> <laughs> Richardson West, they go every Thursday. They do something called Boys Club. They'll do kickball or some kind of way to annihilate kids and throw balls at their head really, really hard and get their aggressions out. But we have some students in our church from that middle school, some students in our church that are serving Back in our sound booth right now at the computer because of, of people that invest in, the, and, and, and you know what? We've created, and God's opened a door for us to have a really good relationship with that school where if we weren't there, we'd be missed. I'm going to ask you a question, church. If Warehouse Church wasn't here, would Plano miss us? We have to be intentional. We have to find ways to get involved in pregnancy care this year. We have to find way, uh, find ways to get involved with feeding the homeless and helping out families that, that 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 are bringing children into their home through the foster uh, program. There's things that we can do. Listen, local ministry always precedes global ministry, and we can't do anything globally. And we're connected globally. We work with a ministry called Mana Worldwide. We support missionaries all over the world. And it's great to do that. But listen, if we're not holding down the fort and keeping the fire alive locally, then we're not going to be able to do anything globally. That's the pattern in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. And I believe the Lord is, is doing some things in our church right now to teach us to expand our local impact in Plano, Richardson, and in surrounding communities in NTX. I said that to our staff a couple of weeks ago. I said, Uh, I was talking about something, and I said, you know, we've got to do this, 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 and NTX. And they said, what's NTX? It's North Texas, Kelsey, who didn't know it, okay? No, I'm just kidding (laughs) with you. (laughs) But here's the other part of that, and she wasn't the only one. She's just sitting up front today. We've got to keep the word of God in front of everything we do. Um, We don't want to be the big hype machine Uh, I love when we have fun as a church. I love when we do cool stuff. I love when people say, hey, that was a great activity. But if it's not about this, we're not doing the right thing. This is what lasts forever. This is what God gave us to learn from, to grow from, to teach, to impart into the lives of other people. Read it, memorize it, keep it in front. Our life groups are not just a big dining experience with other cool people. You can be part of a diner's club and do that. When we get together with my men's mentoring group, Right now, we meet once a month. We read one or two books. We always have a little bit of a Bible lesson. We pray together. We encourage one another. We text each other through the month. Some of the guys get together for lunch during the month. Some of them need to be better at that. But we do that. Why? To invest in each other. How? Spiritually. To invest in each other spiritually. I'm going to tell you something. You say, Ed, sounds like you're in a lot of groups. I need it. I need the encouragement. I need people praying for me. I need to keep the word of God in front of my life because you know what our world is filled of? For me and for you, a million distractions. Satan just doesn't use evil stuff to keep us away from the word of God in church and group life. He uses good stuff to do that. Uh, and we've gotta be careful not to get distracted from our calling. So the first thing that, 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 that we, want, we need to do is protect the body. The second thing, we wanna protect warehouse church Reputation. We do that personally, right? Proverbs 22.1 1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches and to be esteemed rather than silver or gold. But we also have a family testimony that we need to protect. Listen, we need to care about each other. You know, if there's a brother or sister in our church that's gone through something, we don't go up and talk to them about it so we could talk down to them. Hey, I heard you were doing this and you were out on New Year's Eve and you got really, really drunk and you got in, you know, and you got in trouble. And that, that's not what it's about. What it's about is is caring for one another spiritually. Hey, man, heard you're going through something. I get it. I've gone through that too. How can I pray for you? How can I help you? How can I encourage you? How can I help your family right now? You know, Christians are pretty famous for not being really, really great. And I'm not saying this about our church, but we're not really great with wounded as a whole. We we kind of put our wounded aside. Ah, oh, you know, they've committed this or they've committed that or they're wearing the scarlet A on their sweater or they're doing this or they're doing that. Instead of jumping in and saying, you know what? I don't care about any of that stuff except for the fact that I love you, I want to help you, Jesus loves you just the way that you are, so let's get through this together. There's nobody in this church that's perfect. Nobody. Even if your husband or wife is like a really, really awesome person, guess what? They're not perfect. And you're not either, and neither is anybody else in this room, and neither is anybody else that's going to walk through uh, the door uh, of this church. And, 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 and that's what the, kind of the next thing I want to move into with you. When we talk about protecting the reputation of the church, we do that by growing and building and monitoring our own reputation, but also being a part of other people's lives. We do that through community, encouragement, so on and so forth. But the third thing that I'll share with you this morning is is that we not only need to protect the church to protect our reputation, but very specifically, we need to protect each other. Because here's the truth about the church. The church is a place, you ready for this? For spiritually growing healthy, you ready? And broken people. This is not an elitist club of people. I wanna make you a promise this morning that I absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt, fact, word of God, take it to the bank, sign, seal, and deliver it. Even more sure I am of football scores today. You ready for this? Not everybody in this room read their Bible this week. (gasps) Not everybody in the room walked up this morning and was singing, walking on sunshine, going to church, woo, right? Some of us got up and went, oh, I'm still tired. Some of us got up today with burdens on our hearts. Some of us had a tough week at work. Some of us had a tough week relationally in our marriages and, and with our kids and maybe with our parents. I had a tough week this week. My dad was taken to the hospital. I asked the church to pray for my dad all the time. He was taken to the hospital on Wednesday morning because he took off a CPAP machine. He's in a, he's in a nursing home down to the woodlands. And when he woke up, his oxygen levels were so low. They rushed him to the hospital. They intubated him. They called us down. They said, we don't know how long he's gonna make it. It was, t- it was just a tough couple days. He's doing better now. And thank God for that. And we're still praying for him. But you know what? Life just gets real. You know? Uh, It's hard sometimes. And and, and the truth is, when we understand it, this place, listen, you look around and say, well, these are all the spiritual giants. It's Sunday morning. We're in church. First Sunday of the new year. Yeah, we're in church. We're in church. We're in church. Listen, if most of us were honest enough about it, most of us are probably in this room because we really, really, really need it. Because this week was hard or my marriage is hard, or my finances don't make sense, or my kids are just driving me crazy, everybody could say amen to that, right? Or something in your life, right, is a little off kilter, so we fit, you know. and you know why a lot of people come to church? Maybe if I come, I'll hear something, I'll be encouraged, God will speak to my heart, and it'll help me get, make sense of the, some things in my life that don't make sense. Hey, if that's why you're here, you need to be here. But listen, if you did read your Bible every day this week, if you did walking, wake up this morning singing, walking on sunshine to come to church, if you are super duper juiced, happiest you could ever be, best time in your life spiritually, money in the bank, kids are perfect, your neighborhood's awesome, your marriage has never been better, listen, somebody needs you to be an encouragement to them. Somebody needs you to be encouragement to them. So how do we do that? How do we protect our people? How do we protect one another? Well, we have to serve one another. Galatians 5.13, it says, serve one another humbly in love. The Second thing, we carry each other's burdens. We carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We, we, we protect each other by being patient with one another. Ephesians 4 says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one another, just as Christ Just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know what else we're supposed to do? Be kind to one another. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. You know know what I love to hear? Um, We have some new families in our church all the time. I was talking to a brother yesterday, he said, we love this church. God's doing something in us. Something happened. Something happening is, I'm paraphrasing, but something's happening great in my family because we're here, and we can't wait to see what God's gonna do with all this in our lives. And, and I love to hear those kind of things. That's such an encouragement. But that doesn't happen in a church where you walk in and people look at you and go, Puh, you know, you're different than us. Man, we could say a lot by never saying a word. Nonverbal communication is a form of communication. Listen, when my wife rolls her eyes or shakes her head, I know exactly what she's trying to say to me most of the time. And when I don't, I fake it because I know I'm in trouble somehow, right? But we've got to make that intentionality of connecting with one another. It 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 it's so important. Listen, because if there is someone that came in here today, busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. They need to feel love as soon as they walk into the doors of this place. We teach and encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.9 says, Now about your love for one another, uh, we, don't, we don't even need to write to you about it because you have been taught by God to love one another. This church was such a great example of it. Paul was, Paul was encouraging them. But Paul said, You're doing a great job of that. Here's another one. We build each other up. Encourage one another daily, just as long as it's called today. Have you been an encouragement to somebody today? A kind word, you know, uh, something that would make them feel that they're cared for or that they're part of your family or that, they're, that you'll take a minute, the most absolute precious resource you have, your time, and invest it in someone with a kind word, an boy. A pat on the back. Hey, your kids are great. Man, man. I really, I, I really uh, uh, respect the way that you're raising your kids. I was encouraged this morning. One of our guards uh, quietly, I'm, I won't say who it is, came up to me. and He said, Pastor, that thing that happened in that church across the Metroplex, he said, we pray every day that God will protect our church from that. He said, but we're ready. I'm glad for that. I'm glad they care about you and about your kids and about this body of believers. You know, we need to find ways to encourage one another. Tell somebody you like to, where my friend Courtney, Courtney, where are you sitting at girl, girl? Courtney said, pastor, good shoe game today. I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she works for like an athletic company and she's like an athletic gladiator, sports card person. And she liked my shoes today. I was encouraged by that. I was like, what's up, girl? You know, I was all pumped up by that today. But we need to find ways to encourage one another today. We need to build each other up. Church, we need to love one another. You know why it's tough? I I read a really good book about why men don't go to church anymore. And it was talking about how the demasculization of our society, la, 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 but it's harder for guys kind of just to walk up to another guy. You know, like I, if, I, if I go up and see Dave today, hey, buddy, how you doing? We're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs playing next week, and he's going to say something to me about whatever team I'm rooting for today, and we'll talk about all that stuff. And you know, But you, I could tell you one thing you won't see us do. You're not know, going to see us out in the hallway this morning, hugging for more than maybe three seconds, <laughs> crying with one another. Just praying you'll be a good dad. Dave, I just love you so much. No, no, I just love you. You're much. You guys should look at us and go, something's going on over there weird, right, if we were doing that. And it's kind of different, right? When guys hug, they kind of do the three-pat hug. We'll pull in a handshake, one, two, three. It used to stand for something else. I won't say it, but we do the one, two, three hug, and it's all good, you know, we kind of, and we bounce back. Love you, bro. You know, we kind of do it that way. But you know what? Something I really learned as a husband I want to tell my wife I love her all the time. I need to. But I've got to demonstrate that to her. And I love that people say I love you. And people, I've a couple of people said that to me today. And I love that. I love our church. I love our church family. It means so much to me and my family. I mean that church. And I hope if you don't feel that way, that, you, that we'll put you on a path so you do feel that way. But we need to know that we love one another. People need to know that they're loved just the way that they're are. We don't love people because they go through new members class. We're not going to love people because they get involved with a life group. We don't want to love people because they know the verses to the song or because they gave a good check on Sunday. You know why we want to love people? Because God put them right in front of us. And they need to be loved. Listen, I love that song. What was the Penguin movie, cartoon movie? Happy Feet. you ever see Happy Feet? Right? You know what the greatest part of that movie is? They use queen songs. Right? And at the end, kind of like two-thirds of the way through the movie, they do that song, uh, Somebody to Love. Can anybody find me? Somebody to... And then it goes... love." Right? We watch these romantic things. For those of you that got sucked into Hallmark, Hades last month, and all those dumb movies with the same actors and same plots, but just different town names that are super-duper cheesy and corny, right? But the truth of the matter is, just as much as we need food... Just as much as we need water, we need love. And you may say, you know what? I don't. You know, I'm really good with a handshake, or I'm not a big huggy guy, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. Listen, sometimes it's not about what you need. Sometimes it's about. Most of the time, it should be about what other people need. Well, I don't know if I. I'm not really demonstrative in that. I'm not going to really walk around and give everybody big hugs. What if somebody else needs one? Are you willing to give one if they need one? Are you willing to demonstrate some love to a teenager who's here without their parents every single Sunday? And we want to kind of, hey man, you're faithful. You're, you're all, listen, after church today, you know what you're gonna see? We have this little like micro cleaning crew and they walk through the building and they collect, Johnny's assistant youth pastor collects Sage. Sage, I want you to stand up for a second. I'm gonna embarrass you. Come on, Sage, Send up for Turn around, look at everybody. That's Sage, say hi, Sage. All right, you can sit down. And I'm not disrespecting his family or anything when I say this, okay? He's not here with his family. He's here by himself. And you know what he's gonna do after church? He's gonna pick up all your trash from the bathroom, the worst place to take trash in the whole world, and the coffee area, and he's gonna help clean the building getting ready for our Spanish service. And you know how often he does that? Every single Sunday. Every workday we have. Every work, now listen, if you miss church next week, I'm gonna knock you out, okay? Every workday we have, every time the doors of this place are open, he's here. And he'll, you know what he says to me? Almost every Sunday and every time he sees me, hey, Pastor Red, glad to see you. Do you need anything? I'm like, my kids don't even say that to me. No, I'm just kidding, they do. This guy needs to know these people love him. Those kids back in, in, in junior church and all that stuff, that's not a babysitting service. That's a place for us to demonstrate love. Teach them about Jesus. Teach them some songs. Teach them that this is their church today. This isn't their, that's not the church of the future. That's today's church. Protect the church. Stay on mission. Protect our reputation, personal and our corporate testimony. We protect each other by loving one another and helping all of our new families feel loved let me ask you a question. Do you love this body of believers? Would you ask God to give you a special love for this church so that when other people come in the doors of this church, that they will feel very included from day one? They will feel very accepted from day one. And it takes a while to find your place. You don't have to be a life group teacher and a children's volunteer and a this, this, or this the first time you come. But you know what? If that person sees other people that love what they're doing, you know what they're gonna wanna do? The same thing. They're gonna wanna do the same thing. I'm so thankful for every person that's darkened the door, sat in a chair, and has attended our church this year. We're honored. We love you. I'm honored that you would be here and listen to me talk. And it's not about listening to me, but I am honored by that. But my prayer this year for our church is that we move from attending the church to becoming the church and let's do it together amen? amen let's pray father thank you for your word thank you for this reminder back in the old testament of what happens when we neglect your work but we don't want to focus on the negative we want to do what we're supposed to do we want to find opportunities to be an encouragement to one another we want to find opportunities to demonstrate care We wanna look for opportunities to be a blessing. We wanna look for opportunities, just for an encouraging word to somebody that we may need it. And Lord, I know, even as I mentioned, uh, Gladiator Sage this morning, Lord, there are so many people that do so many things every single week that we're thankful for. We honor you, we honor them, and we pray that you'll help us to be mindful of everyone in this room that may have a need uh, of attention that may have a spiritual need, that may even have a financial need, a physical need, a parenting need, a grandparenting need, something, Lord, that we would find a way to get involved with their lives. And the truth of the matter is, Lord, when we get involved with people's lives, we're gonna see messy, messy, messy lives that are just like our own. But thank God for our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself to forgive us for all of our yuckiness and to make us whole, Help us not be selfish with the grace and the mercy that Jesus Christ has given to us. May we freely give it as well as a body. We love you. We thank you. We honor you. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you this morning will pray with me? God, help me to fall in love with you. Help me to fall in love with this ministry. God, help me to be that go-to, encourager. Help me to be that guy or lady that can undergird people. Just help me to find my place of service in this church and help me to love it more every single day. If you will pray that prayer with me this morning, would you lift your hand up real quick before we close it out? All over the room. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Help us love you more. Help us love others more and help us love this church more in 2020. We ask you this in Jesus' name and everybody say it with me. Amen. 1057.